Hey everyone, welcome to the Grown Black Woman Podcast. I am your host, Coach Marlena Bayless.com, where we work to elevate and uplift and protect Black women um, in, as they really move through their careers and lives and supporting them to reach um, the unimaginable heights that they have for themselves. Uh, today, I am talking with Keisha King, and our topic is about how to be a boss you know, even when you're dealing with bosses and you have a boss. And Keisha is uh, the founder of Chop Chop Mobile Salon and Barber. And she founded this company in 2016 while being a wife and a mom of two and a mentor and full-time marketing manager at Granger. And Chop Chop is an experiential mobile salon and barber shop that delivers on-site in-home beauty grooming services to business offices for their for the benefit of their employees and chop chop also staffs beauty professionals for events brand activations and individuals in need of house calls and so Keisha launched this business as a way to really combine her love for hair care fashion and beauty with a strong belief in creating platforms for multicultural engagement um, in 2018 she left the corporate world to pursue Chop Chop uh, Mobile full-time and uh, really increase her business sales and securing um, clients like Philip, Norelco, the Chicago Bears, Uber, and um, she's been featured on some really amazing platforms like Windy City Live, Fox 32 News Business, and has received accolades for her business plan and innovation. Uh, In October of 2020, uh, in the year of COVID, Uh, She also rejoined the corporate world um, due to the slowdown of the business from the pandemic. And she is currently the head of community and client experience at S4 um, and is back to working full time and running Chop Chop at the same time. And so I would love to welcome you, Keisha. Thank you for being here. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, So I thought of you and I really wanted to talk with you because one, you are a grown black woman entrepreneur and I think that you have a lot of wisdom and experiences that our listeners could really um, yield some um, insight from in terms of your experiences and one of them being the decision where you came to the decision to be an entrepreneur can you share with us what made you want to be an entrepreneur Yeah, so I actually grew up um, in a Jamaican-American household. So for all those that kind of know the the stigma or the um, (laughs) stereotype around Jamaicans is we work hard and oftentimes have Mm -hmm. multiple jobs. So my dad was one of those um, people that he had a full-time job, but also um, had a hand in real estate and was Mm -hmm. um, bought some commercial property and things like that. So I grew up watching him do that. Um, So, you know, I went to school actually Uh, I went to college knowing that I wanted to um, own a hair salon because I actually told my parents that I wanted to be a hairstylist. And my dad Mm. was like, okay, you should go to business school and own Mm. a hair salon. And so he was like, I'll pay for you to do that. You do that in college and I'll pay for you to do that. So I went to school um, and majored in entrepreneurship. So I always knew that I did want to have a business, uh, specifically a salon, but um, was very business minded. And so then after I left, yeah, after I left school, then, um, you know, I, I I was really interested in marketing as well. And, uh, I wanted Mm -hmm. to work for a company and work in marketing. But of course, you know, at that time, they're always like, you need more experience. You, you know, so, um, what I did was I got a sales job, uh, working at DeVry. And then while I was there, I was like, well, you know what, if nobody's going to hire me to do marketing, let me just start my own business. And I started a marketing consulting company called Elevate by Design. And so can we, um, can we take a pause right there? Cause mm-hmm. I just wanted to highlight that you kind of met, um, some rejection and resistance mm-hmm. to something you wanted to do. And you didn't take that as like a sign of you shouldn't be doing this thing. Right. And instead you sought to create opportunity. Absolutely. Which, yeah. I think that that is just something that as an entrepreneur, um, anyone working to any level of success at anything, 
ex- like running into roadblocks does not mm. mean that you're not supposed to continue down that path. But Absolutely. it's just about seeing where the opportunity is that you can create. So I just mm-hmm. I think that that's amazing that that's what you that's what you got from that t- difficulty in that challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. let me create something. So yes, yeah. Go ahead, go get continue to share. And, I just want and I and you. and thank you for highlighting that because that's something that I live by today you know it's like Mm. people do not always see the vision and they don't always recognize your strengths ability skills um so if you know you're capable of something you need to create that opportunity for yourself yes so i'm totally in agreement yeah because like that right there people don't always see the vision so that like you having to have a vision um, one is important and you being able to hold on to it despite what other people choose to do um, mm. with what you share what you proclaim that you want to do in the world is really vital to being mm-hmm. able to accomplish it so I, I, I love that thank you for sharing that because it's mm-hmm. such a it's, it's, when other people don't um, celebrate us sometimes we we shrink back and yes. it's, it's not it's actually the opposite the more you proclaim the more you stand firm the, that the easier other people mm-hmm. are able to kind of get on board but if you're uncertain then other people will be uncertain as well so right. it's, it's vital right. uh yeah so you held on to the vision you created an opportunity mm-hmm. and what came next and so to check this out this goes with that so um when I started my business I actually went to one of these like free like um meetings uh that Mm -hmm. you could attend and it was on like email marketing campaigns and you know I just wanted to go to this event to help build my skills and things like that and I was asking a lot of questions in the seminar and there was a business owner in there and he Mm. came to me afterwards and he's like you seem to know a lot about this stuff and I was like yeah I own my own business and he was like well I'm looking for some consulting um, and so it was funny because again, which what other people don't see in you, somebody else mm-hmm. can see in you. So he was actually one of yes. my first clients. Um, and so I helped him with, um, you know, like logo creation, building out his mm-hmm. business plan and things like that. But anyway, that was my first stint of entrepreneurship. And I um, managed to use that t- and I put it on my resume and I ended up getting a job at Granger. And so Ooh. that also helped, you know, like I like I hoped it would build my credibility so that when I did apply for Granger, I was able to get on there. And that was one of the things they pointed out was the fact that I own my own business. It was in marketing. And so I was able to um, secure a role. So, so I, I, I need mm-hmm. to I need to add something to that, because this is something for like my corporate mavens as well as my business mavens that listen to this podcast episode is that you have to one um appreciate and validate the like the credible experiences that you have mm-hmm. and some I, I love that you took the fact that you had a completely what quote unquote like real job at DeVry but you also included your business and the skills that you the fact that you had a business the fact that you were doing the work that you wanted to pursue even further in your corporate life uh on your resume mm-hmm. and you didn't leave it off because right. that's something that I've seen and I've worked with a lot of um, my clients where they will discount Mm. or they will say, oh, that's not, you know, they did did this work or even if it was like a um, volunteer capacity, but they Mm. have these experiences. And I mean, I have women who are on boards and they're not even putting it on their resume or, you know, not factoring that in or their past businesses that they own and they, they, they won awards for. And so I just wanted to highlight that because again, it's, we have to see the vision fully, you Mm -hmm. you know, and part of that is seeing in totality who you are and what you're capable of and not discounting that because you don't know what doors is going to open. So, you know, bring everything to the table, put it all on the table. Don't, don't leave anything off. I love I love it. Mm-hmm. I love that you you did that, and it opened a door to where you wanted to go right. next mm-hmm. um, in your career. That's that's super important. Um, so, as you were doing the entrepreneurship uh, path, you decided to uh, take a step into full time entrepreneurship. Uh, can you share a little bit about what the catalyst was for that for you? 
Yeah, so I um I I did about three years at Granger where I was just focused on you know my job there. But what I realized uh-huh. it was that I mean, man, I went through two reorganizations while I was Girl. two reorganizations in like three years, <laughs> and so I you know they eliminated my position and then I had to reapply. Mm-hmm. And the last time I was pregnant, I was seven months pregnant, and um that mm-hmm. I, that was a moment of reflection, like. Corporate America isn't as secure as everybody makes it seem to be. And so um, I reapplied for a new position. I did get it. And then I went on maternity leave and I was just like, you know, I got to get serious about um, having a backup plan. And that's when Mm. I was actually um, on the couch and I was uh, with my baby and I was watching, I think, Steve Harvey. And, you know, Steve Harvey, he's always talking about leap and take your face, you know, all that stuff. And um, I decided, man, I need to find something where I'm going to mix my passion with my purpose. And it was in that moment watching that show, he had some entrepreneurs on telling their story. And I just took out a pen and paper and started writing, had had two columns. I had my passions and then I had what I believe my purpose was in life. And I literally was taking a mm. pen, just trying to connect what would make, what would go together. My passion for this could go with my purpose here and my purpose here could go with my passion. And that's how I ended up coming up with the idea to create a mobile salon. I love that exercise and that tool, because that's what it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> that you used and that you created. Mm-hmm. Um, for yourself in that moment and one again it's just it seems to like it it don't have to be this epiphany that wake you up out your sleep Mm -hmm. you know or you know a lot of us we hear these stories of people who have created you know opportunities for themselves and businesses or even taking their careers to the next height and we think it has to be like this lightning rod moment Mm -hmm. and it's about being present with what is in front of you and like taking action and as small of an action as giving yourself the space and capacity to write out what it is you feel like your purpose and your passions are mm-hmm. to, to, to see where the marriage right. can happen and what would make sense is such a level of intentionality. I think that that's, that's awesome yeah. that you did that and you took the time to figure that out. Yeah. So you you did that, you discovered your passion and purpose with the mobile salon. Yeah. Awesome. And let me, tell, let cool me tell you idea. real quick, one, one extra column yeah. I would add for, uh-huh. <laughs> one extra column I would add for people that are listening and thinking about doing this yeah. is need. So have your purpose, mm. what you believe your purpose is, what you what your passions are and then put a column for need in terms of what the market needs or what the what you think people need Mm -hmm. and then mix all those things together because the need is really important when you're thinking about what you want to do from a business standpoint but I digress (laughs) (laughs) no 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 no. it's it's a good it's a good point because a lot of times um, as business owners, we can get into a trap of what we think people should want. Mm-hmm, exactly. And and people pay for what they need. They don't, I mean, yeah. they pay for some of the things that what they think they want, but not like what you think they, they should they should want. Right. Because like the should, if you're saying, well, they should want it, mm, that's not right, it. Right. Because do they you, want you have a why. And do they need Yeah, you have a why, mm-hmm. right? And you have your purpose for starting a business, but you also have to make sure that it's something yeah. that people want to purchase and they need. And so... Mm-hmm. as you think through you know what you want to do that's great and you you definitely want to um be motivated by it because you're going to be in it so mm-hmm. much but you also have to make sure it's something that people want to buy so I just want to throw that in there add that column <laughs> in there because it's Girl, really important. it's facts it's facts because it, 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 it can get it can um it can really be a, a waste of time mm-hmm. honestly for lack of better words uh, if you don't, if you don't have that component, right? Like that is the best recipe because right. you need all three to to really um, move into that um, actual viable mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so I know that you, you know, with Chop Chop, you've had much success, and you uh, were looking forward to 2020 and all the things that you had coming up with Chop Chop, and um, then COVID happened, and. <laughs> and I know that this is an experience because black women are the leading entrepreneurs in America. Like we are really, um, 42% of new women owned businesses actually are by black women. And it's three times, you know, we're three times the share of our female population as well. 
Um, and we're also 36% of the Black-owned employer businesses. So we employ mm-hmm. people at a high rate as well. So knowing that, um, and you, you've done that as an entrepreneur and employer for others, how did COVID initially impact you and your decision to shift back into corporate life? Yeah, so um, so for me, like, you know, the, the business takes on three like really critical phases so first is the building mm. the building phase or I'm sorry the planning phase yep. so the planning phase was okay you know what I did leading up to the launch right creating the business plan making sure yep. everything was good to go doing the make sure my financials and I could purchase all this equipment and things that I needed so that's the planning phase and then I launched so I launched in 2016 and launching is really Mm -hmm. learning like yeah your your product is Mm. out there in the market but you are tweaking and adjusting you are trying to see is this something people really want to purchase you are listening to what people need from your company all that kind of stuff so I was really in the building phase and I really feel like right. 20, 20, the mid 2019 was when I was getting into um, like the growth phase. And so mm. I was, I had really started to define what Chop Chop is, who wants the, what we provide and then um, I was starting to secure some really high profile clients. So I knew, I felt like I knew what Chop Chop was supposed to be. So I like to your point, I- Can we pause mm-hmm, right there, Keisha? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I just, I loved how you broke that down mm-hmm. uh, and I want people to miss it. Like in the beginning of your business, like like you said, you, you launch, but you're learning. Yes. And that's such a, 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 a poignant point you know, good distinction for people to understand that when you kind of come out the gate that way with that level of expectation, one, you learn faster Mm -hmm. because you're not like fighting. Like the fact that if something doesn't work, it's like, it's more about tweaking. It's about, Ooh, you get curious, you get excited about having to redo or Mm -hmm. adjust things versus being frustrated and angry or disappointed. And it, it, it actually will, scale you faster if you take that approach mm-hmm. um and I, I mean I've I've not always had that level of thinking I'll mm-hmm. be honest um as an entrepreneur so I but if people can see that in the beginning yeah. that that that's what that's for then you will be able to move faster yes. to the growth which stage. is also so why I'm gonna be honest um when you are yeah. in your when you're in your launch phase I do believe Mm-hmm. keeping a corporate job is smart because you don't mm. have all the answers. You don't know necessarily how you're all, how you're getting your leads. You don't have consistent leads on a consistent yep. basis. So if you have yep. a business, you know, I left because um, in 2018, I left to pursue Chop Chop full time. I was at one point I was thinking, oh, I'm going to quit. But I actually, we had another reorg and they eliminated my position <laughs> and I decided not to uh, interview again. And I just said, you know what? My business, I feel mm. like is at a place where I can go um, go full time. Mm-hmm. So it was a very conscious decision that I made. But in hindsight, looking back, I totally could have kept working um, because mm-hmm. my business was in launch phase. And although I was starting to see some indications of success I still didn't have reoccurring Mm. business it was still it's still uh um some work to find those clients you know and I I do feel like if you're gonna go full-time um you want to be in a position where either you're backed you know maybe you have some funding like from an investor or something like that or you know mm-hmm. how you are getting leads and you're getting them on a consistent basis and you have reoccurring um, revenue. I think that's really important um, to, to, to mention. And not just indications and of success. And not just indications like of said. success, right. exactly. And for right. me, I, I, you know, I am married. Mm. I, I, I have a husband that also mm-hmm. works full time. So it was a calculated risk. Like we had talked about, okay, what happens mm. when I leave? 
We talked about our financial situation. Yeah. You know, we evaluated all that stuff. So I don't want it to seem like I just up and left and was like, okay, I'm going to do this on my, you know, I would do this thing. Yeah. It, it was definitely a calculated decision. Um, and I'm happy and, and grateful that I was able to take the opportunity to, to go in and do this full time for two years because it, I learned so much and I was able to move a lot faster and that did help with the growth. Um, it totally helped with the growth. And so when the pandemic hit, I didn't, I wasn't really, I wasn't looking for a job, you know, and even into the pandemic Mm -hmm. business slowed. But I wasn't really looking for a job, but Mm -hmm. I was open to the idea because I knew, okay, business is slowing. Like, what does this mean? Um, You know, and with Chop Chop, Mm -hmm. our business is around events and our business is around uh, uh, employees at work. And with the pandemic, employees are not at work. Most of them are working remote. So Mm -hmm. that was like, oh, my gosh, do I have to completely change my business plan? You know, like we were doing festivals and Mm -hmm. we were doing different brand activations and it's like no one is doing that right now there aren't any conferences or trade shows right. or essence festival is not happening right. you know so all these things that we kind of had right. lined up or we're going after they don't even exist right now so I, mm-hmm. I definitely had to be open to the idea of going back into corporate America and so I through networking someone actually reached out to me and offered me a, a job and it was um, the current role that I'm in right now at SR4 which is head of uh, community okay. and client experience. Yeah, I think that that is, you, you dropped a lot of gems. <laughs> um, I'm trying to recap them because, you know, you talked a lot about um, the, the yeah. process with a business and and how your, your experience as an entrepreneur will, sh- will shift and how, you know, you have to one is risk involved, but the truth of the matter is, it's risk involved in anything that you do. I mean, whether or not you you're calculating the risk, there is risk, right? Um, everything from walking outside your door, you know, to building a business and deciding to leave a job or go get, go back to a specific industry, all of mm-hmm. it is risky. And so, I think it's it's really um, imperative for you to understand what are you calculating about the risk that you're taking uh, and, and with the business and what what's going on. And so that takes a level of um, evaluation, looking around, talking to people, understanding your market, understanding the dynamics of what your business is facing and understanding what you do and you don't know, which is okay. Which, you know, I think a lot of times as grown black women, we sometimes, um, we put, we have a lot of pressure on us to perform, to be excellent, to handle so much. Um, and not to let anything overtake us that sometimes we can not be as willing to ask for help or seek help and support honestly for the things in which we're trying to achieve so i think it's really uh good that how you how you discuss that you know you being able to evaluate and understand and even with your partner your husband like having to discuss and like what this will mean and and really talking through what your next steps will be and also being willing to look at what the situation is you know with COVID happening you know that's it has an impact on business and you knowing that and being open again another gym being open to what potentially could be possible in the interim um as you navigate this I think is uh wise it's it's really wise and and it's something that our listeners I, I would advise for you to heed um kind of shifting um a little bit to the uniqueness of being a grown black woman entrepreneur can you speak a little bit about that for you like what do you feel like is unique about that uh, about being a black woman uh as an entrepreneur i think mm-hmm. well being a mm-hmm. woman right is uh already tough mm-hmm. in the yep. in in the industry especially um when you're thinking about raising capital um, when you think about, you know, networking and th- things like that, um, I yeah. I definitely were was in rooms where I was one of the only women or a few, um, one of a few. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to think about everything from how you look when you walk into the room. Am I dressed too sexy? Am I not dressed mm-hmm. sexy enough? You know, mm-hmm. because when you're talking to investors yeah. or, you know, other business people, 
they there is something to be said when they find you attractive but then there's also something to be uh to be said Mm. when you may come off you don't want to come off as you know just trying to be too cute or too sexy but actually being smart and capable Mm -hmm. so I've I've, I've felt that and then on top of that you put the fact that you're African-American so now you're walking to the room and not only are you woman but you're African-American woman and so that tends to be where I'm walking in rooms Mm -hmm. where I'm the only um, person or you know you feel like before you open your mouth they already have um, assumptions about yeah, and about who you are, yeah. where you came from, where <laughs> but, you were raised, how you mm-hmm. were raised, your level of education, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I found myself feeling like I have to spew out my resume in the first three minutes of a conversation so that people take me seriously. Yeah. So, you know, as a as a, a, a black woman, I think, unfortunately, we have a lot of things that um, kind of mess with our head in, in in the back of our mind when we approach certain mm. things. And unfortunately, if you are not um, mentally, if you're not aware, because self-awareness, I think is huge. If you're not aware that yep. these things can be potential hindrances on your hustle, that they can be um, a hindrance on your, how you view yourself, you know, when you're in a room with people, mm-hmm. the, it can mess with your confidence. Like if you're not aware that you're constantly having these inner battles, then it can be really tough. Mm. So I make sure that I, you know, whether it's things like working out to motivational and inspirational, mm-hmm. like YouTube videos, so that in the morning, the first thing I'm hearing yeah. is like, you are great. You are smart. You are amazing. You're, you know, you're going to have these challenges. Mm. You've got to overcome them. Like there's, I have to put myself through mental exercises because that is the key. Like your level of confidence and ability in your, and in, in, um, your level of confidence in yourself. It kind of goes back to, you know, me saying, well, I'm just going to create my own business so that I have that credibility yep. where well, you have to constantly be doing things as a black woman to, help you believe that you're capable in a world that often makes you Say feel it. like you're not, right? <laughs> feel like exactly. that you're not good enough. I, I, I love all of that because it's like, one, it sounds like you have some mm-hmm. really strong practices that help you really navigate um, the reality is that it is a mental mm-hmm. uh, warfare. You know, you, you, know, you got to, and you, when you go into war, if you go ill-prepared yeah. with no armor, you're yeah. you going to lose, right? So you have to come yes. equipped to handle the, the, the warfare that you're entering. I think that that, mm-hmm. like you said, self-awareness, one, knowing that it is a battle, but mm-hmm. it is not of you. And so understanding, like, that's something that impacts you, but you know it's not of you. And that it's, it's a huge distinction between yourself and the way that our minds kind of play tricks on us a bit. And as a coach, for me, that like, that's one of the biggest things I help my clients with and I've received help with as well, which is why um, I know it's so powerful, is the fact that you are, every time you're elevating yourself to the next level, be prepared mm-hmm. for that mental battle uh, whether it's the fact that you're you know you're a black woman um pursuing entrepreneurial um aspirations or you know new deals new partners um investors you're pitching what you have or you're 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 growing your career you're writing your first book or anything Mm -hmm. that you are aspiring to do from an individual level you're going to have that internal inside voice that's like what are you doing who do you think you are um and then you got the external happening as well um potentially that you have to have the the mental fitness to be able to withstand and move around and shut down in some cases and so that I love that practice that you have of listening to um motivational uh, music or videos so that when you work out Mm -hmm. you're planting seeds for yourself to grow and to to care for um, when people come within your, your your space and your energy and they're trying to do things that yeah. would throw you off your game. Um, and so I guess I would love to know, you kind of shared a little bit, like how mental fitness makes or makes or breaks a career or a business, which you shared a little bit about. So I just want to double check. Yeah. Anything else you feel like that mental yeah, I fitness think, um... really... I think can make or break you. we have to identify and and keep center the fact that our choices 
are really important. So when I say choices, so like, for example, mm. deciding me deciding because I'm a I'm a music junkie. I love to dance. But for me to decide, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> yeah, so like for me to decide, okay, I'm not going to work out to music, to hip hop, R&B, you know, reggae, whatever. Mm. I'm going to work out to motivation and inspiration. That's a choice. That was a, that's a smart choice for me because mm. I need that time not only to work out but to meditate. Okay? And then, for example, your choices mm. on who you network with. So, it's been said that women and minorities tend to network with their peers, people that are in the same position as them or people that are lower than them. White men mm. tend to network with people that are above them. When you make a choice, mm. so as an entrepreneur and as a woman, I have a lot of entrepreneurial friends that are African-American that own businesses that are women. And it's great. And it's great because when we talk, yep. we get it. We get each other. But I make a choice to also, yeah. yep. one, let me find, if I'm going to network with Black women entrepreneurs, let me network with the ones that are making fifteen to $20,000 a month with their business or that have you know a certain amount of um, mm. sales that they make per year, somewhere that I aspire to be, right? So now, somewhere that somewhere I aspire that to be. Somewhere that you aspire to be. That, that's the, hold on, I gotta, I, I, mm -hmm. I gotta, I gotta highlight that too, because that is a huge, like, point of view to have as a business owner. Honestly, mm -hmm. anybody with any goals, you know, if you're an athlete and you're trying to get to the Olympics one day, like you need to be aspiring to connect mm -hmm. with people that have done that or know people or, you know, the network that you surround yourself with. Like they always say, look at the five people you spend the most yeah. time with. You can tell your life. Is and fine. the reason why right? that's so, so, it's, it's <laughs> that's so important because important. It, when we talk about those mind games, when you network with somebody who is where you want to mm. be, it lets you know it's attainable. It wasn't until I had a conversation with a black mm. woman who owned her own business and she was like, yeah, I bring in X amount of dollars um, a month. My business is doing this. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're black. You're like me and you're doing this right now. That flipped the, that flipped the switch for me. It's like, Keisha, yes. you're proud of yourself, but your expectations are too low. You're proud. You're doing, you're doing good, but your expectations Ooh. are too low. So then when I said, then I elevated my expectations, Girl. then that makes you, your grind and your work harder, but you, but you know, it's possible because you know someone who does it and then to take it to a next level. You, you network with people who don't look like you and who have different opportunities than you do. Yep. And you see how they navigate and you are able to build connections how they move and how then you're also move. able to build connections mm -hmm. with them which allows that which creates other opportunities for you because now they can pull you into rooms that you didn't have access to they can give you you would never be in you would I, never and be I've in. had so much mm -hmm. of that because I'm very um I'm I'm one thing about me is I am a networker and I I and I and I I adapt mm. really well so I don't care who you are where you come from I can adapt. Mm -hmm. I can I can find a commonality with you. That's a that's a a gift I feel like that I have, and I use it because yeah. Well, you know what? It's a skill. Mm -hmm. I don't even want you yeah. to call it a gift. It's a skill that you've learned, and I it, and it's something mm -hmm. our listeners need to take note of because it's super yeah. important to be adaptable. That is such a skill to be able to understand to to um to be able mm -hmm. to um, observe to be able to adjust. And not to, right. I'm not talking right. about co-switching or like shifting or contorting yourself into something different. I'm talking yes. about genuinely being able to connect with people that are completely separate from you because at the, our foundation, for me as a person, I personally believe we are, like we have Absolutely. so much more in common than we mm -hmm. than, than we don't as human beings. It's the world and, the, and all the garbage that's out here that keeps us, mm. um, the convolutes that process. But when you can really connect and build with people and as a coach, because I've coached, you know, white men, mm -hmm. I've coached, you know, black people, I've coached, uh, you know, people from all over the world, honestly. And that is probably mm -hmm. the greatest gift it's given me is to see how mm -hmm. much, we all have the same fears. 
We have all have the same insecurities. We all have very similar, different specific goals. But the big, you know, we all want to feel like we're doing something that matters with our time and our energy and our life. And we, and so that is such a huge skill to 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 be able to develop mm-hmm. that and see the fruit that can come from yeah. being adaptable. But that's, that's it is, huge. and it's it's, it's and a I've skill had that you one. Do. That's how I yeah. got the job that I'm in right now is because of networking with people yep. that do not look like me. They're in, you know, they're at different levels in business than mm-hmm. I am, but they saw something in me from conversations that we've had. And that's how I got my, that's how I got hired. I didn't have to fill out a resume. I didn't have to go mm-hmm. on a hunt. It was because of my network. And then on top of that, when it came from Chop Chop, like I've had, I had, you know, a couple, a, a white guy and a, a white woman reach out to me about franchising Chop Chop. And that was something that I, had thought about but wasn't really serious about mm. it but then they were like no I we see something in in your business model we see something in you and so that has taken me on a new path so mm-hmm. even while I'm working you know full time in the background I'm like preparing mm-hmm. myself preparing Top Top to see okay how can I franchise this is this something you know that would be a great franchise but again it w- I wouldn't think like that unless I was connected to people who think like that you know exposure and and, and that Mm -hmm. comes from networking so this is really yeah the exposure is huge I think that you're talking you know if we get back to our theme of like you know being a boss and you know and having a boss at the same time it's it's being able to navigate you've done this multiple times like you're doing it again point but you did it before even when you before you fully launched into chop chop being your full-time um, focus. It's it's being able to network, it, it being able to adapt, and really getting the exposure to the things and the people that is going to elevate not only what you do, how you do it, but your mm-hmm. expectations. Yeah. And enough expectations. That's a word in many areas of life. But uh, I was just really have to be able to do that for yourself. And it's, yeah. it's such a gift when you can. Um, so I, I, I was curious about, you know, as you manage to come back into this space, how do you hold on to your focus with Chop Chop, as you talked about, while um, doing the work somewhere else? Because I think that a lot of our you know, listeners may be facing that journey where they might be re-entering their corporate life and they want to still build their business or focus on it at the same time. How do you kind of juggle that? You know what? It's funny because, again, I think it goes back to the mental part. Like when I worked mm. at Granger full time and was doing Chop Chop, I say on the side, but it still felt full time because I was up all hours of the night in between my lunch, I was working on Chop Chop. So I felt like I was working two full-time jobs. But the thing is, is when I worked full, when I let go of my full-time and I was 100% into Chop Chop, I still didn't feel like there were enough hours in a day. I still mm. was having trouble checking things off my list. So it yep. is literally a mindset because honestly, there aren't enough hours in a day. It's about prioritization and it's about mm. blocking out time to do certain things and managing your time effectively. So if you are working in corporate uh, in a role and you want to start a business on the side, it's possible. And I know well, so many people ask, well, how do you find time? I got two kids. I got a, a house that needs to, you know, be maintained. <laughs> I still got to cook dinner. Yeah. I still got to, you know, I have a yeah. husband to spend time with him and that kind of stuff. Family, like you have to make a conscious effort to um, just spread your time out the way that it needs, you know, to the best, to make it efficient um, for you. Yeah. So, you it know, sounds like a decision. It sounds like a decision. Absolutely. Like That's why I said it. It all goes, it's yeah. all about choices. It's all about, hey, am I going to, and I, and I believe me, I believe in taking time for yourself. But, you know, am yeah. I going to binge watch another season of XYZ show or am I going to mm-hmm. actually take that time to work on this? And I'm, and, and what I do now, because I've, I have had a problem with this, is I do things kind of like on a project. I look at them as projects, right? So with mm. um, with SR4, where I work now, like there's things that I have to get done. I treat those as projects. So let me work on this project right now. And then I'm going to work mm-hmm. on this 
other piece of this project right now or at a different time and I kind of like schedule them out right like that and then for chop chop if I need to do like a whole bunch of social posts that's a project I need to get that done in a certain Mm -hmm. amount of time and and then check that off my list so I feel like when you look at your task as projects that need to get done you focus on that and you complete that and you check it off and it's done you know like getting a minority woman-owned uh, certification like that's a process but if you look at yep. it as a, a a project okay I need to get this done you do it within a certain time frame so that it doesn't linger I think what makes things hard is like if you get started on on something and then you're kind of like going at it a little bit a little bit at a time like you know you're switching focuses because we're good at trying to multitask girl it's not right effective there. okay it's mm-hmm. not effective so it's literally, let me close out all of my tabs on my computer, focus mm. on this one thing, get it done. And um, to me, that's the best way to be efficient. But it is, it's hard. It's hard either way. It's hard if you're full-time in it. It's hard if you're if you're working a, a full-time job and trying to have it on the side. It's all about choices and how you spend those hours. Because uh, again, Steve Harvey, I, I, I really love Steve Harvey from a business perspective perspective and I one of his, okay. one of my favorite books that he wrote is um think like a success act like a success or act like a success think okay. like a success and he said he's he has said it on the radio too he's like Beyonce has 24 hours in a day Oprah has 24 hours in a day everybody has 24 hours in a day and that's the only equalizer we that's got the, walking that's, around yeah but it's a huge <laughs> one it's a huge one because they mm-hmm. think about them they have kids too they got businesses too they got uh family too but they're finding ways yeah. to use it. And, and and here's the big thing for us as Black women. We are not mm. super women. And nope. your, nobody's business has ever been, I won't say that. I'll say it like this. Most great businesses are ran by teams, not mm. just one person. And although, yes, we are the ones that start the most businesses, I also believe, and I don't have the data behind it, but I do believe that we're probably the most solopreneurs as well. We have to have help. (laughs) We have to. So that means like you have to have, whether it's a virtual assistant, an administrative assistant, whether it's an intern or, you know, you have a... Um, operations manager or something your team doesn't necessarily have to be big you build it out over time Mm. but the way you get things done is by delegation that is how you're going to get things done I reached a point last year where I almost had a breakdown because I was like I literally sat down I was like I can't physically possibly do Do all of everything I can't like Keisha back up hold up stop you cannot get all of this done, no matter how efficient you try to be. It's time right. to start looking for trying to play that game where we just yeah. keep turning up the treadmill like speed. And yes. it's like, if I just can't, <laughs> just, just go do this. And then I'm, I'm, I'm running, go do that. And then I'm, 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 I'm taking notes here. And then I'm going to call this yeah. person. And it's like, it's no, efficiency possible. does not mean all things. It doesn't mean how, how many bags can you carry with your arms? It's like, what bag do I need to carry that's only... For me, and what bag can I hand to the person that's gonna be exactly. along with me? Exactly. And then you, the energy, the the gift of whatever it is that you're putting out into the world can be more deeply felt because you're more connected and you're more excited and you're not as exhausted because that's part of the the entrepreneurial journey that people don't talk about. Thank you for bringing that up. It's like when you are running solo and you don't have that support, you don't have that network, and you don't have a team member to kind of help you. Um, it, it, it can make it to the point where you end up, um, burning out and the gift you're meant to give and produce in the world, it was never for you to be exhausted. Right. That's a telltale sign that you need some help. And there's different opportunities. You know, there's internships, there's people like you talked about in the beginning, you needed to get experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, that you know, think outside the box with, in terms of the people that you think that could be helping and supporting you at different points in your career um, or your business um, ideas, because there are people out here that do need experiences. And because we are such a, a large group of entrepreneurs that are opening up, there, there are people that we can support and we can help elevate by giving them the opportunity to support our goals and our dreams as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a great, great point 
that you just made about that being necessary. Well, yeah. To consider that. And I think we're, you know, this also goes toward like having an exit strategy with your business, right? You know how I was yes. talking about phases w- with your business. Sometimes we get people mm-hmm. get into business just thinking, oh, I'm just going to start a business. Okay, but what is your mm-hmm. what is your plan? What is your exit strategy? Like, are you, do you want to just be an employee to your own business? Mm. Or are you trying to actually take it to a place where you can then pass it down to your kids? Or you take it to a place mm. where you're going to sell and you want to make money? Or you take it to a place where you can hire somebody to run it and you're just collecting checks what is your mm. what is your what is your exit strategy because that all you, when you decide what that is it dictates the rest of your work it dictates okay how long mm. am i going to work on building this business before i get it to a point where the sales are at a level that is enticing to a potential buyer because that means now i'm mm. working i'm working to get chop chop to be um, a $2 million company because at $2 million, I can attract, uh, you know, this company to, to buy it. That gives me goals. It gives me motivations. Focus. It gives me focus. It also gives me a time frame. Yes. How long is it going to take me yes. to get to $2 million? Oh, five years. Okay. So then I know I'm in, I'm invested heavy in this for five years because we often yes. get, like you said, fatigue. And it's like, if you just working and mm-hmm. working and working and working and working, if you're just like, I might as well be working at a corporate, ju-, you know, cause like, what's the point of not- You might as well be a job, it's gonna be a, a little bit easier right. too. Well, you can get some insurance, the, right? Like, exactly, <laughs> because hey, let's be let's be real. Yeah. Sometimes the best option could be working for somebody. That's not a bad thing. You know, like that's why it goes back to your pur- your purpose and your passion. Like, why are you even starting this thing? And and is your business really fulfilling a need so great that it can actually get to a point where it is something that an- another company wants to buy, or you can go public with it, or you can, you know? So it's like we have those are the those are the things I think we we're missing, and a lot of times it's because we um, as black people don't see these things happen on a consistent basis amongst our own right so we don't see a lot of our own companies going public we don't see a lot of our own companies being bought we don't see a lot of our uh our people getting it to a point where they can like pass it down to their kids so that's why it's so important to network because then you learn from others that hey these are things that they're doing you want to talk about building general general generational wealth that doesn't happen out of coincidence that happens because people were intentional about what they wanted to do with their money with their business and then they were able to to create that generational wealth so having an exit strategy is super important like I don't think we talk about that enough (laughs) yeah so I don't think that you know, we think enough about the exit strategy. And this is why Mm -hmm. it's so important to network with others um, because unfortunately um, in our community, I don't think we see enough companies that go public. We don't see enough black owned companies that, you know, are franchised. We don't see enough black owned companies that um, are bought out by other companies. So we don't think like that. But when when you think about generational wealth, that comes from that. That comes from, you know, those those um, white business owners being extremely intentional about, you know, passing down their farms or creating a farm and passing it down and building wealth from it and then and then sharing the wealth with their family or, you know, or, you know, businesses and things like that. So anyways, I just think that, you know, we definitely have to do better at at thinking about our exit strategy because it really dictates what we do in our business right now and how we work and what we work on because you brought up focus. It's so important Mm -hmm. to have um, focus. And when you have focus, a lot of those other things that we think we should be working on, we realize they're not important. Like I, that's one of the biggest things for me I've uh, learned is that I'll be trying to work on everything, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is important. This is important. This needs to be prioritized. But when you know your exit strategy, you know what you're trying to do, that helps you understand exactly what you need to be focused on. So yeah, that's really important. 
I think that that is um, a great way to kind of wrap up the conversation because that is actually full circles from what you talked about in the beginning, which was, you know, having the need, the purpose, the passion and and, and having a focus and a goal in mind um, that you want to do, that you see the viable opportunity, but then also having a way for you to exit that's like whatever that looks like if it's like you said mm-hmm. passing it down to your children um selling it um going public but it needs to think bigger as like i feel like you know what that says is like you should be thinking bigger it shouldn't just mm-hmm. be like how am i open up the first door and get my next five clients like yeah. that's that's not big enough because it's gonna be very easy easy to be distracted with that um that level of um ambiguity in terms of where you're going um, mm-hmm. versus, you know, where you are right now. So, Keisha, where can people find you? They want to connect with you, follow you, just see all the amazing things that you're doing. What are the best ways for people to do that? For sure. So, um, if you want to follow me uh, and my journey, uh, my website is KeishaKing.com. And there I have everything um, from like just motivational content. Um, I have been capturing my journey since before launch. So during that planning phase that I talked about, I've been documenting. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of videos up on my website um, there, KeishaKane.com. I also, you can follow Chop Chop at um, Chop Chop Mobile on uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, and then our website, Chop Chop's website is www.chopchopmobile.com. Okay. I really appreciate you being on this episode. I think that this is so, you, I mean, girl, you drop so much. Um, it's like a masterclass. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back and like <laughs> look at the notes. And like, I'm like, oh, this is so good. It, it, it's, 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 just, it's the things that we don't take enough time to break down and spend, uh, do the work mm-hmm. around, I think, that kind of gets in our way. Because we are good enough. We have viable ideas. We have excellent intellectual property. We have cool products. Uh, we have exciting experiences. That's who we are as a people. And I think where we get in so much trouble sometimes is our level of uh, knowledge around execution mm-hmm. and it's not our gifts it's not our ideas it's how we deliver them that differentiates us from the people that are able to elevate themselves along with some other things that have nothing to do with us but as long as it depends on me and you we want to do the things that we can do right so we can build the legacy that um, we want to like generational wealth because I'm on that mm-hmm. so <laughs> I think this is amazing thank you so much for being here um, again, this is Coach Marlena from CoachMarlena.com. And if you want to learn more about me, you can look at, um, I'm, I'm on Instagram and uh, um, LinkedIn, as well as you can find me at CoachMarlena.com. So thank you guys for listening. Bye.